Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Going to be doing a solo pod today as we break down that horrible, horrible loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Leafs falling 5-2 to two to Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, wasn't able to make up any ground here in this playoff race. Still currently sitting just two points ahead of the Florida Panthers, who I believe are now have two more games in hand uh, on the on the Leafs because they didn't play tonight. Uh, but the Leafs, man, tonight, oh, they were awful, 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 awful. This is the first time in a while where I honestly felt like I'm just going to turn the TV off. Like, I didn't because obviously I need to sit here and, and talk about the game. But, man, after that 5 nothing goal by, by Teddy Bluger, Anderson just mishandling the puck in behind them, I was just like, wow, this is a team that is just shot, and they just kind of pass the puck around, Crosby taking around the net, tic-tac-toe, and it's just, ugh, it was such a disgusting performance by by the Leafs. It was it was arguably, I would say, worse than their 6-1 loss earlier in the year, and that was arguably the performance that got their old head coach fired, and uh, they come out and, and, and lay an egg tonight like this. That was just absolutely embarrassing. Um, sure, the team finished with 36 shots on goal, which I was kind of surprised by to to see the the shot uh, the shot equity of, of both these teams. But honestly, like none of them were of any significance. There was no quality shots. You know, the, just the way that this team seems to be operating lately is they just they just they're coming out so flat, so flat. You know, they gave up the first goal again and just never really. Recovered. I, I don't know if, you know, if they give up the first goal, if their confidence is just completely shot after that, and, and it's kind of a lost cause, and they can't come back because they're so mentally drained on the season, and and the the pressure is wearing on them. You know, it's still a young team, and the fact that everybody just kind of out of the gate expected, okay, we got to make the playoffs, we got to win, we're Stanley Cup contenders, and then they come out and Babcock gets fired because they're playing so bad. And then they kind of go on a little bit of a rut here, and then they go out and they get Jack Campbell, and then they go out and they get Kyle Clifford, and they're still kind of performing poorly. So now we're almost at the point where it's like, okay, what else does Kyle Dubas need to do to this team to make them go out there and become cup contenders? Like, they have so much talent on this squad, and for some reason they're just not putting it together. Like, if the big guns aren't scoring that night, they do nothing. Like this this team has no shot at winning if those top two lines are shut down like they were tonight. Now, Matthews was able to score a goal, ended up uh he 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 did cut the bleeding after the five nothing goal. It was was it on the power play? No, it was just after a power play, but it was uh it was a nice goal and, and put him up to, to forty three, which is now a league leading. But still, there's just no excuse. At this point in the season, for this team to be operating the way that they are, uh, they they really got to get it going. You know, tonight's not so fun stat of the day. Tyson Berry finished the game with six shots. This just goes to show, kind of why why stats and analytics are kind of funny when you when you go and you take a look at them and you think Barry finished with six shots and you're like, well, that's that's strange. It didn't seem like he was really that good, and that's where the eye test and analytics kind of meet because yeah, it's it's true he. Didn't look good. I know he had six shots on goal, but not a single one of those high were high danger chances. Not a single one. And not even just from him. But when he was on the ice tonight, which is 22 minutes of ice time, 22 minutes, 8 seconds of ice time, 
Not a single high danger chance out of the Leafs tonight when he was out on the ice. That's bad. <laughs> like, that is terrible. And when you think, you know, a team that's, that has 36 shots on goal, you had to think some of them had to be of some significant quality. Nope. 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 Barry led the team in, in uh, Corsi percentage. Didn't matter. Basically didn't do anything. Uh, it was such a brutal game all around. Pretty much everybody, the, the special teams were terrible. Went 0 for 3. 0 for 3 on the PK. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit when we go through the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, but let's start with the good. And I think there was really one player who I think kind of had a pretty good game, and that was Jason Spezza. Uh, at first, I was like, man, I don't even know if I can come up with a good for the good, the bad, the ugly. Just it was all bad, all of it. Everyone, it was just a terrible game from everybody, uh, a burn-the-tape type effort. But this one, uh, I think Spezza, you know, late in the third, he had that back check to take away a breakaway that Russ was about to go in on, and I was like, oh, hey, that's a positive play. All right, I'm going to give it to him. And then I remember, too, well, he also assisted on the Clifford goal, just kind of threw it out in front of the net, got a couple of bounces, and uh, Kyle Clifford ended up with getting it. I think it went off of his leg or his foot and ended up be, uh, being his first goal as a Maple Leaf. So congrats to Kyle Clifford. I guess the the fourth line of Spezza, Clifford, and Timoshev were, were kind of the only ones who played half-decent tonight, I guess. So they're going to get my good, bad, special teams, man. Special teams. And a lot of the times when you look at games, whoever wins a special teams battle will often win it. And that's exactly what happened tonight in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh went three for three on the power play. Three for three. Perfect. The Leafs had no answer. None whatsoever. They were just passing the puck around with ease, able to open up Freddie for easy shots, easy scoring goal, uh, easy scoring opportunities. And just threading the needle like Brian Rust got got the party started with his power play goal. Beautiful cross-ice feed from Sidney Crosby. Like, he's going to score that 10 times out of 10. Uh, I don't blame Anderson on that goal. That was a really nice one. But there were a couple of goals out there that Anderson probably should have saved. Um, whether it was at 5-on-5 five five or on, on the penalty kill. But, uh, you know, the penalty kill was just terrible. They weren't able to stop them at all. The power play also, 0-4 tonight. Like when your opposition goes three for three and has a perfect power play, and you go zero for four and just do nothing, you managed. You had a five on three. The Leafs had a five on three tonight. A minute nineteen, a pretty sizable five on three. They got one shot, one shot on goal. And what happened? Literally moments after that five on three expired, the Pens go down, and Teddy Bluger ends up scoring. The fifth goal of the game. Now, that was more so on Freddie Anderson and a brutal giveaway behind the net. I believe, was that Rust as well? I think that was Rust who was kind of in on the forecheck who was coming out of the box. Let me just double check. Yeah, Rust. And uh, who finished with three points, by the way. Great night for Brian Rust. But brutal giveaway, and and that was that was that was really just like my oh my god, Freddie, that was that was you, man. Like you can't chalk that up to anything else other than that was a brutal giveaway, and this is a five nothing game because of you, and that's why Freddie was my ugly tonight. Uh, he was just flat out terrible. You know, he allowed five goals on just twenty four shots, 
Um, you know, in the third period, he gave up three goals, and there was only one high danger chance in that entire period, but three goals he gave up. Penguins expected goals for, I think it was about 1.28 expected goals for, gave up a five spot. I just don't know what's gone on with him lately. He just doesn't seem himself. Like the Freddie that we, we've grown to love here in Toronto, the MVP of the first half of this season is really is no more. Like I, I, I don't, I know that Babcock played a more structured defensive style, which, which maybe helped him and, and, covered up some of his blunders that that he makes sometimes and, and, and kind of helped him out in, in a way. And this run-and-gun offense that Sheldon Keefe is trying to run leaves Freddie out to dry a, a little too much, and it seems like he just isn't the number one star elite goaltender that can make those saves and stand on his head and steal a game on a nightly basis. I don't know if that's the case, but it really kind of seems that way based on how things have gone ever since Keith took over. The year 2020 is now, as we speak, uh, what do we got, 31, 31 uh, almost 50 days, almost 50 days into the year 2020. And Freddie Anderson has an injury in there, which cost him some starts. But he's got 13 starts, just four wins. In the year 2020 so far. A 30% win percentage. 30%. That is awful. Awful. Save percentage since then? 887. And a 376 goals against. He, honestly, since the... Ever since they went on that big run right before Christmas, he hasn't been the same. I don't know why... But he just hasn't been. And tonight was a big, he was a big reason why they lost that game. I would say only two of those goals were really, were, were, were good goals, I would say, by the Penguins. The other three, he probably could have stopped, needed to stop. And then the Bluger one was completely on him. I, I don't want to say there's a goalie controversy but we might have to have that conversation. And I'm going to have that conversation. And we're going to do it next. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. Uh, so we just kind of chatted about how bad Frederick Anderson, Frederick, <laughs> Frederick Anderson has been over the last month and a half since the turn of the decade. And it hasn't been good. Just four wins in 13 starts in the year 2020. Now, the Leafs went out and made a move a couple of weeks ago, bringing in a pretty good backup goaltender who has really kind of come on the last couple of seasons. But he's never played more than 31 games, and that's Jack Campbell. But how's Jack Campbell done ever since he came to the Leafs? Well, first of all, he played three straight games the moment he got here. One being a back-to-back. He played on back-to-back nights. Something that Anderson, I think, has only done once. Well, once this year. I 
Can't recall if he did it last year before, but I, I mean, based on Babcock, probably not. But they felt comfortable for Campbell to do it, and Campbell did it, and Campbell played pretty well, I thought. Really well, actually. Um, here's the thing with Campbell. You know, we took a look at the stats for Anderson. 887 save percentage, 376 goals against. Jack Campbell, 919 save percentage, a 240 goals against, and a 3-0-1 record, collecting seven of eight points in his starts. Seven of eight. That's a lot more than the 10 of 24 points at Anderson. Sorry, 10 of 26 now that we have 13 games. 10 of 26 that Anderson has only gotten. Is Jack Campbell the goalie that we might need to get us into the playoffs? Are we going to have to ride a hot Jack Campbell? You know, it's not unprecedented. A couple of years ago, you look at the the, the team who won the Stanley Cup, Washington, Brayden Holpe was their number one. He's still their number one, but he's been their number one guy for a long time. But he kind of struggled a little bit around this time in the season. And their backup, Philip Grubauer, started to pick it up. He was winning the more games than, than Holpe was. So they started to go with Grubauer. Grubauer even started the first two games. The first two games of the season that they won the Stanley Cup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was Philip Grubauer in net. And then they flipped back once Grubauer kind of faltered and lost the first two games. And then Holpe ended up taking over again and, and kind of didn't look back and ran away with it. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Maybe they are going to have to do that here with Anderson and Campbell. And before me at Hutchinson, you couldn't have that conversation because you knew that he just wasn't going to be able to do it. But Campbell might. I'm not saying he is a number one, but, you know, he is a former first-round pick. And he was drafted as a number one starter. Like, he was expected to be a terrific player. Like, you don't take goaltenders that early in the draft unless you believe that he could be an elite starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. Hasn't quite turned out. But the last couple of years, he's been playing pretty well. And he was great two seasons ago when Jonathan Quick went down with an injury with the Kings. Great. I think he had like a 227 save percentage in 30 games. Like, I think Jack Campbell, if Freddie Anderson has lost his mojo a little bit, how long... Can Sheldon Keefe hold on to the fact that Anderson's got to turn it around eventually? I think at some point, you honestly got to think to yourself, we got to give it to Campbell. Like, at least Campbell's going out there. I know it's only been a few games, and it hasn't really been against top-level opponents either. We have Anaheim. He had Montreal. And he had, what's the other game? Arizona. So it's not the toughest competition. I get that. And then he had Ottawa. Again, as the fourth game. Not the toughest competition. However, he's getting it done. He's getting the wins. He's getting the points. Something that Anderson hasn't done. So can we have this conversation? I think we can. And it's unfortunate. You know, Anderson's been a great player for the Leafs since he got here. But he's in a bit of a rut right now. And if it takes, you know, him sitting a couple of games and trying to to find himself... You know, getting benched for a few games, maybe it works as a little kick in the ass 
I think that they could do it. You know, Sheldon Keefe, he doesn't have this long-lasting relationship with Anderson. He doesn't have this allegiance to him like Babcock would have. He's only known the guy for a couple of months. The first month, he was pretty good. The last month, he's been pretty bad. I don't think that he has a soft spot for Anderson other than the fact that he knows that he has a pretty good track record. But at this point, you know, he's just not performing like a a top-tier NHL quality goaltender. He's just not. You saw that tonight. So the conversation really has to happen. Should they put in Jack Campbell for a few games and see how it goes? They play Pittsburgh again on Thursday here in Toronto. I'm curious to see who goes in. Does Keith give Anderson another opportunity to come out and get the win? Come out and have a bounce back game? Or does he just think to himself, I can't roll the dice here. If Anderson can't get it done for me, I might feel more confident that we'll get the two points if we put in Jack Campbell. And I think that might even have something to do with the fact that he didn't pull Anderson tonight. Like after that fifth goal, I thought for sure, oh, okay, that was just a mental mistake. He's got to feel terrible about himself. He probably wants to go and sit on the bench. Uh, Keeps probably going to put Campbell in there. Nope. Left him in there for the whole game. Didn't allow another goal after that, which was good. But I think maybe he left Anderson in there because he had made the decision already. Well, I'm going to go to Campbell on Thursday, so let's not kind of give him a look to Pittsburgh. Let's just have something fresh and something new for them on Thursday. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We will see. Um... All right, so we'll uh, we'll kind of put this game behind us. We do have we'll be playing Pittsburgh again on Thursday, so we're gonna have to see if they do kind of answer the bell after this bad one, and see how that goes on Thursday. Uh, but the trade deadline is now just a week away. The Leafs already did go ahead and make a move by acquiring Jack Campbell and uh, Kyle Clifford, who scored tonight. But there was a bunch of other moves around the league that we're going to chat about. And then we're going to see maybe what that means for the Leafs. And we'll do that next. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, Mike DiStefano with you. So the trade deadline as we sit is just a few days away. But man, we really got a whole bunch of action today. Uh, Three big trades already gone through and another one reportedly about to go through. So we'll go through them and then we'll see kind of where the price is too much. We'll kind of evaluate them a little bit and discuss what that might have to, uh, what that might mean for the Maple Leafs. So the first trade of the day went down and it was Dylan DeMello going from Ottawa to Winnipeg for a third-round pick. thought that was a little bit light. And DeMello was a guy who a lot of people were kind of linking to Toronto, right-hand shot, defensive defenseman. Uh, he's a UFA. Uh, and, and if the price was only a third-round pick, I'm, I'm honestly really surprised that the Leafs didn't kind of go heavy on that. Um, however, there is also that report out there that they're more so looking for a, a defenseman with term so that they have that cost certainty going forward, which DeMello as a UFA, not quite that. But that's a good ad for Winnipeg. You know, they're obviously decimated on the back end. Uh, they lost 
you know, they trade away Truba in the summer, Bufflin, whatever happened with Bufflin, he decided to, to just not play anymore. Uh, Tyler Myers left via free agency. Ben Sherratt left via free agency. They had two defensemen returning this season. That was in their top six last year. Two. That's it. So they went out, and uh, they make an addition. They're obviously still in a playoff hunt somehow. <laughs> but they make an addition. They add Dylan DeMello, a guy who could play in your bottom two pairing. He's not a top pair guy, obviously. But a bottom two pairing could be your, your four, five, six man. So good pickup by Winnipeg. Um, and then the trades kind of came in two, three, three trades kind of came in, in in an hour here early in the afternoon. Uh, Washington acquiring Brendan Dillon from San Jose for a second and a third. So San Jose going out. Nice, nice addition there, getting Brendan Dillon. And then St. Louis acquiring Marco Scandella from Montreal for a second and a conditional fourth round pick. What's interesting about this one was the fact that Montreal actually got Scandella six weeks ago from Buffalo for a fourth. And they flip him six weeks later for a second and a conditional fourth. The condition being on this, whether or not uh, St. Louis either wins two rounds in the playoffs or re-signs Scandella at the end of the year. So um, at least they moved the, the, the fourth that they had traded away. They at least replenish it with a second. And they could also get a fourth if those conditions are met. So really nice piece of work by Mark Bergevin. Um doing that maybe the signals that they are selling so maybe Kovalchuk is available he's cheap he he's Kovalchuk's interesting because his cap hit works for Toronto and with the injury now to Andreas Janssen I wonder if that opens up a top six role that they can maybe go out and grab a guy like Kovalchuk apparently he's really good in the locker room I'm hearing great things coming out of Montreal for him now whether or not Montreal has actually thrown in the towel and whether or not they're ready to move on from him, we're not too sure yet. There's been conversations going both ways. They might want to bring him back, but at the same time, if they get a pretty good offer, which I think if, if they get a second-round pick plus, they probably would move on from that because that was an asset that just a, a couple of months ago was sitting on the street, and they got him for free. If they turn that into a second-round pick, kind of like what they did with Scandella, that's a pretty good piece of business. So we'll see what they end up doing with him. But it also means that Jeff Petrie might be available. Now that's someone that Toronto kind of checks the boxes for. A pretty good top four defenseman, right-hand shot, has term. Those are three of the main criteria that Dubas is looking for. I wonder if that would be something that Montreal may be considering moving if they are, in fact, starting to sell off. If that's the case, I think that would be a pretty good option for the Maple Leafs. Now, the question here is, you know, what what would this cost? And there's a couple other guys, too. You know, Matt Dumba, uh, if you're staying with the Wild, you know, there, there's a couple of guys there. On the left side, Brodeen's rumored to be on the block. Jared Spurgeon, another right shot guy. But but what would this cost? Because, you know, Brendan Dillon, Scandella, and then Alec Martinez is reportedly on his way to Vegas for a couple of second-round picks. His prices are kind of high, and it seems like, it's turning into a seller's market. So I don't know if Kyle Dubas has the assets to make the moves that maybe he thought he would be able to make or the moves that he thought he wanted to make to improve this team going forward. Because let's face it, that team we saw out there tonight, if that is the team that we have on February 25th going forward, no way, no way that team makes the playoffs. They got to make an addition. 
if like like I I know Kyle Clifford has come in and he's a good character guy, good locker room guy, and we were hoping that he was going to be able to change things, and he still could. You know, it just he's still relatively new to the team, and he still could you know put a little bit of maturity on some of those younger guys, but they need someone on the back end. They really do. Uh, I, I just you know Brendan Dillon would have been a nice piece too, but he's gone. Like I already mentioned, Demello would have been a good fit. So now you're looking, and it's like, all right, guys are starting to kind of come off the trade bait board here. We'll see what else is out there for the Leafs. It's going to be an interesting week around the NHL. I wasn't too sure if we were going to see a lot of of movement leading up to the trade deadline just because, you know, you, you check on Twitter and you hear from all these insiders and everyone's saying it seems like it's going to be a really quiet deadline. And then a day like today where you get four big deals kind of coming down within a couple of hours span, it's like, okay, things are starting to heat up a little bit. Last night, Tanner Pearson trade went down. Big move, big get for Vancouver. So we're starting to see some deals happening now. And it kind of actually all started with Toronto making that move for Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Dubas getting ahead of the game. And then Pittsburgh went out and got Jason Zucker, scored a goal tonight again. So I think uh, I I think we're gonna see some some fireworks go down throughout the week, and we'll see if the Leafs are gonna be gonna be in on any of these guys. But I I, I really do think that they need somebody on the back end to kind of stabilize things, not just a a you know an offensive. It's funny. It's funny because I think for years, Tyson Berry was that type of player that Leaf fans were coveting. A mobile, right-shot defenseman who could quarterback a power play. And now we finally have him, and we realize, well, that's not actually what we need. We we, we kind of could use a stabilizing force, a shutdown man, kind of like a Josh Manson, who's another player that the Leafs have been linked to as of late. He could be on the go. He fits the bill for everything. Man with term. Veteran, defensive defenseman on a team that might be looking to move him. Dubas has to do something because this team, the way it's structured now, I don't see it. They're too they're too thin at the bottom of their roster. And the team defense has just all year has been way too inconsistent. And I think it's just because they honestly just don't have what it takes. Like Justin Hall, he was great for a few weeks. You know, let's even give him a couple months. But he's kind of gone back to to third pairing, uh, like a third a third pair. That that's what he is. He's a third pair defenseman. And he and and Keith kind of has been gifting him a shutdown role, you know, alongside Jake Muzzin, and it was working out for a little bit. But now he's being exposed. You know, the tape's out there. Teams are figuring out how to get by them, how to stretch them out a little bit. And uh, I think that they need to find somebody to pair up with Muzzin. You know, going forward into the playoffs, if you get a round one matchup with whoever it is, whether it's Boston or it's Tampa or it's Pittsburgh, as we saw tonight, or Washington, whoever it ends up being, they all have an elite, elite, offensive line, offensive weapons that you're going to have to try and shut down. I don't know if Hall is going to be able to do that. 
They can get somebody else to pair with Muzzin and have a legitimate shutdown tandem on the blue line. I like their chances a lot more of succeeding in the playoffs this year. I mean, we got to get to the playoffs first. It's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be. Uh, probably a little bit later on, we'll also kind of chat a little bit more about uh, go in-depth. Probably Friday, I'm thinking, we can go in-depth on what we'll be looking for at the trade deadline, which is coming up on Monday. So we'll kind of discuss a little more in detail the players that are being linked to the Leafs, what I think the Leafs should be calling, players I think the Leafs should be calling on. And uh, we'll have a nice little trade deadline primer probably on Friday. Tomorrow we're supposed to have uh, Nick Moraldo in to chat about this game. He has a, a, a Leafs or a, a Penguins podcast, so I'm glad to be to be speaking with him. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. My voice almost gone. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but my voice has really been dwindling as the show went on here. I'm just hearing myself, so it's kind of... I appreciate you guys if you made it this far into the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And remember to be sure to check back in here tomorrow. Once again, we'll be teeing up the Leafs and Penguins game and kind of discuss what I think the Leafs are going to have to do to try and have a bounce pack performance in this home and home. All right. Be sure to check back in tomorrow for that. Until then. Keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.